welcome to the NLPcourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Diving into physiology, neuroscience and linguistic programming so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career. Moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money or make a real difference to people's lives. Tune in weekly if you care more than others. Think wisely as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe and receive our free newsletter and other goodies. Here is your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello and welcome. I'm hoping you're having an outrageous day. My name is John Cassidy Rice. I am the founder of The Professional NLP Practitioner. Welcome to this week's podcast. I got into conversations about the labels we give ourselves. And so I've been thinking about that. Because labels are for baked beans, not human beings. Did you see what I did there? I think that is so corny and great. They're going to say it again. Labels are for baked beans and not human beings. Now, when we label ourselves, what we're doing is creating a boundary in our thinking and our behavior. And this boundary that the label creates can serve us or hold us back. So I got thinking about some of the labels I give to myself throughout different parts of my life. For example, I'm an NLP trainer. That's a label I give myself. I'm a public speaker. I'm a father. Husband. I am 50. I am an author. I am funny. I know, they don't have to be true. This is just a label I give myself. I'm dyslexic. Now, some of those really serve me and some of them hold me back. So what's one of the ones that serve me, that give me some boundaries that really make a difference in my life. Let's take I'm an NLP trainer as a label. So what does that do for me? Now, under that label in that area of my life, I become outgoing. I'm playful. I'm able to distort time for myself and others. I I become a catalyst for transformation. The world's an adventure. I'm able to pull information from my unconscious mind that delight and surprise I also feel much more creative. I'll have a lot of fun. And at the same time, professional and care deeply for the people I come in contact with. It's as though I can bend reality. And at this point in my life, I'm happy with this label and it serves me. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not always working on improving those because I do. So I believe boundaries in certain contexts are really good. They're useful. And... They give us some creativity and structure to life. Yeah, I think that's what the boundaries do. They give us a structure to play within. So what do we mean by that? So let's take music, for example. Music is very structured. And if you understand the structure of music, it enables you to speak to other musicians, i.e. you get to connect and play together no matter where you are around the world because Musicians can speak a common language, i.e. music. 
So let's explore a structure within music. Let's take the 12 bar blues. So 12 bars, so that's 12 divisions of time. And the blues is a form of music, which I'm sure you come across. And so each bar is divided into four beats. And all that really means is, is one, two, three, four. That's four beats because I count in four. So if you've ever seen a band live or maybe you hear it on a recording where somebody goes, a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. That's the division of that bar. Okay, so then to, to make up our 12 bar blues, we've got different sounds and each sound has a name. So for example, the first four bars, um, the sound is a chord of E. And then once you've done that for four fours, you then change the sound because we're now looking for something a bit more interesting. We change it to an A chord for two bars. Then we want to revisit home. So we're going to go back to the E chord for two bars. Then we're looking for something a bit different. Let's see if we can mix things up a bit. And we go to a fancy chord that we're going to call a B7. Now, all the seven means is that it's makes it sound a little bit more exciting. And then we do that for two bars. And then we're going to go back to E for two bars. And that would be the simplest form of a 12-bar blues. And yes, there's variations on those 12 bars. And yet, that simple structure creates thousands upon thousands of songs in things like the blues, obviously, rock and roll, rock, pop, so we're thinking things like Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry, uh, pretty much any status quo song. So very useful to have that structure. And within that structure comes a lot of creativity. So we can see that these structures can really serve us well. But if we have, say, a bunch of musicians who completely make up their own music and it's maybe it's free form, so they, have, they want to have no structure at all to it, and so they'll be able to communicate with themselves. But when they come across other musicians, if they don't know the other structures, the other language of music, they can't communicate with them because they've made up their own and it's nonsense to everyone else. Now, that doesn't mean freeform music doesn't have a place because it definitely does. So if you come across the genius of John Cage, the classical composer, now, he did some outrageous things. And they were phenomenally insightful and enlightening. But he also knew how to play music in a traditional sense, i.e. he knew the structure. We as human beings like structure. Not too much of it, but we do like structure. And labels, labels help us define a certain structure in parts of our lives. But also... Just sadly, labels can hold us back. And that's what that initial saying is, is labels are for baked beans, not for human beings, is referring to when a label holds us back, it will affect our thinking and behavior in certain areas of our lives. So common ones we may come across are things such as I'm not an artist. I'm not a business person. I'm shy. I'm lonely. I'm a victim. I'm dyslexic. Now, those labels can have a negative impact rather than a positive impact. So we can either break out of the labels, 
because you don't have to live within those labels, or we can change the meaning of the label. So what do I mean by that? Well, for me personally, uh, I think a lot of you know I'm dyslexic. Yes, it's an interesting word to spell dyslexic, because even if you can spell, that's a hard word to spell. I do think they asked the dyslexic, how do you spell that then? And they went, I don't know, I'll give it a go. I went, D-Y. So I'm a very creative speller. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you know what I did? I changed the label. But dyslexia held me back a lot. So when, and I, first time I really got any deep insight into this was I attended a NLP practice group and they were exploring something called the spelling strategy. So within that exploration, it suddenly occurred to me, and I'm in my early 20s at this point, that this label of being dyslexic, dyslexic had affected every area of my life. So it was linked to some of the, to every job I went after and was involved in. And I've got to say, I had some very, let's call them interesting jobs, which we won't go into here. And also the people I would talk to, let alone the people I would like to date, it really affected that area of my life. I essentially saw myself as worthless and a failure. Now, I'm only a young man, so that label there has really, at that point, holding me back. So that's why I changed what the label meant to me. And I applied every NLP technique I could to making that change. And in Malcolm Gladwell's book, David and Goliath, the story of the underdog, He's got a great chapter on there and being dyslexic, which can be a great reframe for changing the way that label affects you. So there's a quote that goes around the Internet that says 60 percent of self-made millionaires tend to be dyslexic. So he went and interviewed these self-made millionaires, these entrepreneurs who were dyslexic. And all of them pretty much said the same thing. They said the dyslexia was the one thing that drove them to be very successful. And they talked about their strategies there. But they also said that they would not wish dyslexia onto anybody. And I can fully understand that. When it works for you, yeah, it can work for you. But it also goes on in that book to say it can also work very much against you. He said disproportionately in prisons, and I think just off the top of my head, he says something like 70% of people in prisons in America tend to be dyslexic. So it can work against you as well. So before you wish you were dyslexic, it can work against you. So I am changed what it meant to be dyslexic, and I now see it as a gift and a benefit that's makes me work hard and yes it can be frustrating especially when I'm trying to write something and sometimes even say something and I spend my life speaking to people now one of the things that we start to notice and I'm sure you have already for yourself is that this very much sounds like this is all related to beliefs so labels and beliefs all create boundaries and structures the way that we think, which can serve us or not serve us. 
which is an interesting idea. So that's what, kind of what I've been thinking about this week. And I started to wonder, and you know it's good to wonder, what labels could we use that would completely transform our lives for the better? What labels that we don't even know of yet that would have a positive impact in the world around us? Ah, just to get you thinking. I would love to hear your feedback on this. What labels have really served you and worked well in your life? What labels have held you back? Do you disagree with my theory? I'd love to hear your theories of what... Am I on the right track of this train of thought? And let's get a discussion going. So, until next time, have a wonderful week and I'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the NLPCourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. And make sure to head over to NLPCourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter. This will ensure you are kept fully up to date on the latest in-depth NLP topics of interest. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro-linguistic programming and beyond.